0: let's get started
1: hey there welcome to the dr mark mean tips podcast i am jennifer and i'm corey and today we're going to talk about um 1-800 contacts and they have sued warby parker over search advertising and that's not all we're going to talk about we're going to talk about copyright infringement we're going to talk about some best practices and kind of the common common thread when it comes to digital advertising and then we're going to talk about keeping up with the latest trends and what that means to your medical practice. So there's a bunch we're gonna talk about, but let's start with this article that came out in um, Digital News Daily back on August 20th of 2021. So basically what has happened is um, 1-800, the title of the of the story is 1-800-CONTACTS sues Warby Parker over search advertising. Now, what actually happened is Warby Parker, which is an eyeglass company, ran some digital ads that to the average consumer, um, 1-800-CONTACTS thinks that it looked like their ads and their landing page. And Park, um, Warby Parker was just kind of jumping on that bandwagon. But When you dive a little bit into the story here, 1-800-CONTACTS actually has a history of suing companies when they feel as if their copyrights have been infringed upon. And 13 of the last 15 companies who they have sued have actually settled out of court. Then came lens.com and lens.com actually didn't settle. In fact, they won an FTC ruling on the basis of an antitrust violation. 1-800-CONTACTS went back to court and back to the FTC. And it's been going back and forth between the appellate courts and um, the FTC and the um, courts all over the place. But basically, judges across the country have struggled with questions involving trademarks in search ads for more than a decade. Even Google has prevailed in several lawsuits alleging that they wrongly allowed a trademark term to trigger pay-per-click ads um, because they've had several advertisers bringing this up. And, And it's really inconsistent between the judges on what these rulings are. So long story short, soon after the FTC initially sued 1-800-CONTACTS, the company, um, along with their competitors, they entered into this restrictive um, search ad agreements. They ended up being sued by the consumers in Utah. And I say all of that to say that all of those companies agreed to settle um, for $40 million, with 1-800-CONTACTS agreeing to pay $15 million dollars because of all these lawsuits. So with all that said, you know, that's pretty ballsy that 1-800-CONTACTS is gonna use that as their strategy. And, um, you know, I just think it's a little bit crazy.
2: It is a little bit crazy, but I think it's it's also smart. And, it, you know, it's not really that uncommon of a practice either. Um, you know, we, we see a lot that people, um, Bid on other practices names. That happens actually quite a bit. And I'm sure that for our listeners here, um, if you uh, were to do a search in your area of your competitors, or do if you search your own name, you'll see that some of your competitors are actually bidding on your name, even if you're just a mom and pop one provider practice. So it, it's pretty common.
1: Yeah, and strategically, like take out the fact that it's this national brand, international brand of 1-800-CONTACTS. Strategically, this is is kind of a, a plan for a lot of organizations. We see it outside of search advertising. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, we got this like cease and desist letter saying that we had poached some content from somebody's website. And when we went back and looked at it, it was nowhere near similar to the content on their website. And it was like a blanket letter that was being sent out just to try to get you to take down competing content and we've seen that with photo violations where Mm -hmm. they they allege that you've stolen their photo and you clearly haven't or content violations and now we're seeing it at a much larger scale um, in the digital ad space
2: yeah absolutely and you know it's funny you bring up that example from a couple weeks ago and um you know that's just it's really a scam to get people to just to either uh, pay to make this go away because they're a little scared and it, it sound, it's written in legalese, right? So it's it's kind of uh, intimidating. Um, but yeah, it, in the digital side, uh, we see it quite a bit. And I think where maybe there is a, a misstep here, and there's a couple of things we can get into this a little bit later, but um, what people need to know is that if it's a really big brand, like 1-800-CONTACTS, their name is probably um, trademarked. And if it's trademarked, you can't use that in your ad copy. You can use it as a keyword. So if Warby Parker said um, 1-800-CONTACTS is a key phrase that they wanna bid on in Google Ads, that's totally fine. But I think where Warby kind of took a step too far if you look at some of the information that was in that article is they used it in their ad copy. And when you went to the landing page, they made it look similar to 1-800 contacts, and that's a bridge too far. Um, so even if you're bidding on a competitor's name where you can get into kind of a minefield is if you uh, have your landing page look similar to their brand or an offer that's very similar to their offer. And that's, I think, was the the, the tipping point for this thing to happen.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think, um, let's take a step back too, because this is interesting and I think it's it's a, it's a valid way to try to gain space on Google is to, you know, you run ads, you do everything you can. And of course you're negatively bidding against your competitors, but let's go back and talk about Warby Parker, because I actually was reading that Warby Parker was about to go public this week. And I thought, let me go ahead and grab some shares of Warby Parker, send it over to my financial person. He goes, who the hell is Warby Parker, Jen? Hmm. And I'm like, I wonder if anybody even knows who Warby Parker is, if you don't wear glasses or contacts. And so let's take a step back. Corey, who is Warby Parker and what's your story?
2: Yeah, so they're really, um, they're kind of like a retailer that's looking to disrupt the space. Um, they offer contacts and glasses and um, they'll send them to you. You can kind of try on different pairs and see what fits, what doesn't, and then send them back. So their whole thing is um, their eyewear is meant to, you know, look stylish, be affordable, and you're able to purchase it in a totally different way. So you can kind of circumvent the traditional ways of uh, going into like a lens crafters or something like that and uh, checking out the different frames and the styles. Warby actually lets you do that all online. And they have this really cool AR technology where uh, you can actually kind of uh, digitally put the frames on your face and see how they look. And then you can select a few that you actually want to try at home and then choose one and send the others back. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think the story there is that, you know, these behemoths have been kind of sitting around business as usual, didn't adjust and make, you know, adapt to changing technologies and the way that consumers are shopping. And then you have a startup like Warby Parker come in, completely change the game with the way that people are purchasing glasses and contacts. And then they start using the same kind of digital strategies to start chipping away at their competitors and then their competitors start flipping out. And the best way that they can go after them is to use the fact that they're so big and they have a lot of lawyers and try to get everyone tied up in court. And um, it just I just find it interesting because I think too, like between 2004 and 2013, one 800 sued or threatened to sue at least 14 competitors for alleged trademark infringement, arguing that it's the trademark violated when rivals used the frayed, Phrase one eight hundred contacts to trigger a paid search ad, and this is standard practice. We we use people's names in um, digital search when we're going after our competitors.
2: Right. Yeah. And and so the basic answer is yes, you can um, you can use other folks' uh, their names in your search keywords. If it's trademarked, um, it's a little murky. Usually, Google Ads will automatically block. A trademark term in ad copy um, but some you know some places uh, and creative writers you're able to kind of skirt that algorithm and then what will happen is exactly what we're seeing here where the competitive company if they're paying attention that holds that trademark they're going to file a complaint and get your ad removed um, so you can use a competitor's name or a trademark as a keyword but not an ad copy and that's one way to kind of avoid this um, but as far as you know, the the practices that we work with the independent subspecialists, because um, a lot of these uh, the names are not trademarked, so what you'll see is that your competitors are using uh, your name, and you can in fact use their name when you're setting up Google Ads campaign. So what will happen is um, if you are um, you know Dr. Smith's podiatrist, you may see that um, Podiatry Associates is will come up when someone searches your name. You can do the same thing to them. And when someone types that into Google, your ad will come up even if they're looking for your competitor's um, practice. So you'll show up in that top one or two spaces as an ad result. So that's what we're talking about here.
3: Hey guys, Corey here, co-host of the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast, and I wanted to interrupt this episode just for a minute to tell you about Insight Training Solutions. So Insight Training Solutions is an ongoing employee engagement and training platform for your medical practice, meaning employees can log on and take these medical practice-specific trainings whenever and wherever they are. And each training is meant to increase employee engagement, improve practice reputation, and develop some patient service mindsets. If we're being honest, something that we all know some of the employees may lack. Not uh, calling anybody out by name, But uh, one of the cool things about Insight Training Solutions is they're always developing new content. And they just released 10 Steps to a Phenomenal Patient Experience where you'll learn how to create a phenomenal patient experience, strengthen job security, and discover customer service secrets for your entire team. So this course is in addition to the other ones they already have, which include communication across generations and how to understand today's multi-generational workforce and how to develop overall patient experience. This is another course, the new approach to customer service. We've also got Eight Ways to Wow Patients, and you can sign up for a free trial to see what everything is about uh, at solutions.io. That's solutions.io or just Google Insight Training Solutions. You'll be glad you did.
1: You know, I wonder, and this might be um, a conversation for a different episode, but I wonder if you used the trademark insignia in your copy, if that's the difference in the violation. If you said 1-800-CONTACTS with a little TM next to it, if that passes muster. And then I wonder separately, if I'm a practice knowing my doctors the way I know them, they will trademark their names for $375 is what it takes to go for for a trademark. And they'll trademark their names and then keep their competitors from, from searching negatively against them. So I wonder if, if there's a strategy there at play, Um, different conversation for a different day. Because what I really wanna talk about is the fact that Warby Parker is killing it. And you've got these old behemoths that are not adapting the way that they need to to keep market share. And they took their eye off the ball and you've got these upstarts like Warby Parker who have met people where they are with the technology that they want to make purchases, especially if you look at the last year. And, you know, it, it just kind of reminds me of other brands that used to be here that kind of went away, um, just like normal ones. Like, remember Border Books when you'd walk into the bookstore? You know, yeah. I got a Barnes & Noble mega store down the street from my house, and they're shutting doors because, you know, the behemoth is gone. Like, they're done. Um, remember Blockbuster? You know, you might oh, be yeah. too young for Blockbuster, Corey, but Blockbuster was the shazazz. I mean, it was the place that you went on Friday. You I movies. was there every
2: Friday. I was there you every know? Friday.
1: I don't even watch real TV anymore. Thank you, Netflix. Um, Right. You know, remember Toys R Us? I hear they're coming back, but they died. You know, Amazon took over. And remember, okay, you may not remember this. one. remember Tower Records when you used to go into a record store. Or Sam yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: or you go to Best Buy and like half the store was CDs.
2: Yeah, and now Best Buy is basically like a showroom for Amazon. You know, you just go and you're like, ooh, that TV looks good. Then you turn around and get it delivered from Amazon.
1: You know? And so it used to be like, you were a brick and mortar, just like you were a medical practice. And maybe you offered some things that were more of like the digital world, like telemedicine or online appointment scheduling or something like that. But now a lot of it starts in the digital world and then trickles into brick and mortar. You know, Amazon is doing, you know, we all know what Amazon is successful for, but now they're trying these little like walk-in grocery stores where you actually go in and it ties to your phone on your account. When I was in Seattle this year, I um, walked into one of those Amazon stores because you can just walk in and pick stuff up. There's no cashiers. There's nothing. You know, so they're going from digital to that. And Warby Parker is another example. They started online. They started with this app-based technology that allowed you to see what the glasses would look like on your face. And now they have stores and they're opening one in our community here in Central Florida. They're opening one over at the Mall of Millennia. Now there's, they're taking their online presence into the traditional brick and mortar. And I think there's a lesson to be learned there. So, you know, we're of a different generation, but given the way that your shopping preferences, because you're, for people listening, Corey's a millennial. He is of that age where he is starting to make healthcare decisions for his family and for himself, um, for his parents, and then also for himself and his family. And given the choice, Corey, because you're the ideal like patient population which kind of eyeglass brand would you would you work with? Would you want a Warby Parker? Would you want like a Lens Crafters or a one 800 Context or one of those guys?
2: I would go Warby hands down. I wouldn't even think twice about it. Um, it's so convenient to be able to purchase and have this whole experience from the comfort of my home. There's transparent pricing, which is awesome. Um, and I know I can kind of book everything online and, and do it all there. I don't actually have to talk to a human if I don't want to. Um, but I still have the option to do that if I need something or if you know if, if I decide that a human is going to actually help us uh, go a little bit smoother. That option is there, but it's not the um, it's not the primary. And you know, for me and and for a lot of people that I know, they'd rather not talk to somebody. They don't have to. You know, they'd rather just sort of self-service and you know see what they look like, make the decision, and then be done with it you know, send it back and and never have to leave the couch, really.
1: Yeah. One of the things I find interesting, too, is I bet if you kind of pull the curtains back, it's the same product. I have a feeling oh, yeah. glasses are just glasses. They're not sexy. So when you go to the, well, when you go to Warby yeah. Parker's website, though, it looks sexy, but it's still probably the same product.
2: Right. And if it's not the same product, it's one of those things where, um, you know, they are frames that they're designing with their name on it is going to look exactly like something that you can you can get out of lens crafters and whatnot. So if you if you really don't care about the brand name, then you'll never know the difference.
1: Absolutely. So you know we do a lot of work in the eye care space and these practices, the ophthalmologist and the optometrist um, that we work with, they make a lot of money on selling glasses and contacts as an ancillary service. So what do you think they can kind of learn from this story and take away?
2: I think the one big takeaway is that it's okay to bid on your competitors. And in fact, it's really common and they're probably doing it to you. Um, But just if you're going to do that, know that, um, like I said, they're most likely going to do that to you. So make sure that the juice is worth the squeeze. In other words, make sure that the the spend is worth the return and any of the feathers that you may ruffle. So if you're going to go about this as a strategy for your digital Google ads campaigns, that's perfectly fine. Um, but just know that you you may piss off somebody or you may get a phone call from another practice where you've had this good relationship with and they're gonna ask a couple of questions about what you're doing. So um, as long as you're prepared for those things, it's a perfectly acceptable and very common strategy. Um, where it gets murky is, if, it's, if you're going up against someone like 1-800-CONTACTS, that not only we know that they trademark their name, but they have a history of suing people that are doing things that they don't approve of.
1: Yeah, I kind of think that from an ad standpoint, there's there's specifically a lesson to learn, but I think there's a bigger lesson here. And that is that if you're a practice who hasn't made some updates over the years, consumers are changing preferences and you know what it looks like when you walk into the office makes a big difference what the website looks like and feels like makes a big difference and convenience If yeah and if ever you're short of ideas you can look at what organizations that are really like leading the pack um especially where they started in the digital space you can look at what they're doing and you can emulate that yourself you don't you know you don't you don't have to come up with a super fresh idea. You can't poach someone's ideas, but you certainly can look at something someone else is doing, create a swipe file, and then use that for inspiration to make your marketing great.
2: Yeah, Jen, do you think that there's a kind of a, a play for medical practices here? I mean, just at, you know, outside of the digital space, like kind of what you were saying with referral patterns or anything.
1: Yeah, I think that. I mean, I think the play first is just take a look at the strategy that somebody like a Warby Parker is implementing and you know reverse engineer it to make it work for you. And then separately, I think that if Warby Parker is now going from being digital to brick and mortar, which I indicated that they are because I've, I did a little bit of digging on them and they're starting to open in every major shopping center, like in the right markets, then maybe there is an opportunity to partner with somebody like a Warby Parker if you're, let's say, you're an ophthalmology practice or whatnot, and um, you're not selling lenses lenses direct, so maybe you can partner with them, get access, and, and I don't know if they do this, but get access to their technology. Maybe, maybe there's a white label option of using their Warber Parker app based technology to put the lens on your on your you know using an app, and then you could sell Warber Parker glasses and lenses direct from your location and take a cut of what you sell. I have a feeling they probably have some kind of sales associate or affiliate agreement. And there's an opportunity to create some re- referral relationships that you probably never thought about before. And if you get access to that technology, it just helps you be at the right place in the right time, delivering what consumers are already asking for.
2: Well, yeah, and in addition to the technology too, if they're gonna open up all these brick and mortar stores, um, you know, glasses and contacts aren't gonna help everybody. So they're going to need to refer the people that come in there somewhere. So why not you?
1: Well, yeah. And also, you know, we have a, a large ophthalmology practice that we work with that's in like, I don't know, 15, 20,000 square feet of space in a shopping center. Why not reach out to a Werber Parker and open up a retail location inside of your very large ophthalmology practice? You, right. know, you already got the space. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the space. I mean, you know, look at the retail trends. It's these pop-up locations. So why not do a pop-up inside of a medical practice, you know, and get a cut of that or get some lease space and and use it as an ancillary service. They win and it's the same patient base. It's a chance to really elevate your brand game and also help them achieve whatever it is they're achieving.
2: Yeah. And I think too, the, the thing to remember is they do a really good job, but at the end of the day, they're just an eyeglass company right i mean they're just they're selling the same stuff that anybody else is doing but they have great branding and they have this one differentiator that they've sort of created their own niche out of um they're they have taken this and run with it and now they are um you know one of the biggest in the country they're getting ready to go public like you were just saying but really that you know they're just selling eyeglasses just like you're providing a service for your patients so you know what's the one thing that you can do to kind of differentiate you from the competitors i think that's one of the big takeaways here in in addition to knowing what um some of the big guys are doing it's owning one thing that helps make you unique and then using that as your sort of uh, tentpole
1: yeah and i'm going to give you a hint to anyone that's listening it's not your double board certification that's not your one thing because every doctor for the most joke part, joke about that all the time. Yeah. Every doctor, don't put the picture of yourself and your board certification on the homepage of your website above the fold because that's not what people are looking for. Um, that's another yeah, right. episode. Right.
2: Every, everybody went to school. Everybody has a certification.
1: Everybody's we got a it. white lab coat. We all get it. Right,
2: um, exactly.
1: Okay. So back to 1 800 Contacts. What do you think um, our listeners can learn here from the way that they've gone about things?
2: Yeah. So I think the, one hundred contacts is kind of the, um, you know, it's kind of the Goliath here in this story. Um, they're they're sort of they're the older, bigger brand that isn't as nimble and doesn't um, you know doesn't shift and change as much. So I think one thing that our listeners can kind of take away, especially if you're a smaller practice, is um, take advantage of your size and the fact that you can have an idea and you can try something. Very quickly, you can see if it works and then you can double down on it. Or if it doesn't work, you can move away from that. You know, you're because you're not um, this giant conglomerate or you're not associated with a hospital. um, There's not a ton of red tape and it doesn't take nine months to get an idea off the ground. You know, um, the first thing you can do to run is take a step, you know, start walking. Just put one foot in front of the other and try something. And, um, you know, you, you never know where that can go and what that can do for your bottom line.
1: Yeah, I think that's um, that's all great points, and I think that's about all we've got time for for today. So again, I'm Jennifer. I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us on the Doctor Marketing Tips podcast. Thanks so much. Talk soon, guys.